Hello, listeners, and welcome to Area of Expertise, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast where we cover all things D&D. From the massive worlds you build to the heroes you play, AoE has you covered. Happy listening! Hello everyone, welcome to Air of Expertise. I'm Wyatt. And I'm Devin. And today uh, we got a little bit of a special guest for you. I know last episode it was just me and Devin, but uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend. Hi everybody, I'm Thor. Yeah, so uh, Thor's a good buddy of ours, and he's been uh, real active in a lot of the D&D games that we've played over the past, like, <laughs> what year almost? It's been a yeah, minute. A, a year with you two, and then like three years with... Uh, our collective buddy Chase. So it's been yeah. our, our little group of D and D guys have been running for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Close knit group. Yeah. And, and so actually, like speaking of that, have you guys done anything cool with D and D lately? Um, we haven't really played recently with school and stuff, but uh, I've been taking over DMing for Devin and been trying to make a campaign, kind of like a homebrew kind of thing and it's flipping it on the hero archetype trying to make stuff that is normally good be evil and stuff like that it i I like to make red herrings and stuff so it's kind of like a hard process to dm we got like the the dnd suicide squad basically Uh, like lovable assholes yeah and wyatt is definitely harley quinn i prefer um more ambiguous morally ambiguous i I like that (laughs) yeah uh, what about you, Devin? You been doing anything neat? Um, well, like like Thor said, with school going on, I haven't had a little, lot of time, but um, I have been making a homebrew class um, based around a necromancer, and that's been pretty fun recently. Yeah, you just showed me that. It looks really interesting. What uh, It had three different uh, subclasses, or what are they called? Archetypes? Subclasses, archetypes, same thing. Um, one's uh, undeath. Uh, based on like being a minion master and raising the dead, um, one's blood and it's kind of like the the hemomancy type thing, and the other one is spirits where you uh, you call them like totems and different things to enhance or debuff others. That's cool. Uh, what's the SpongeBob meme where it's like, um, I thought you said weast. <laughs> I thought you said weast. Uh, who's that guy? Patrick. Patrick. Well, no, but uh, the Freaking the Flying Dutchman. The Flying Dutchman. Oh, you're yeah. Patrick, and you have like the Flying Dutchman behind you. Yeah. And that's all you can say. Like you just have a <laughs> boat behind you. I thought you said weast. Ooh. <laughs> they have. You've been working on that class for quite a quite a while, right? It changes a lot. Like <laughs> the first the first time that I uh, started working on it was probably three years ago. Oh and, boy. Uh, I make it, and then I get hyped up for it, and then I just don't have an opportunity to ever use it, and then I come back to it <laughs> later, and I'm like, oh I'm man, you. I could do all these new cool the things. Interests change, and then suddenly, yeah, like this is its, uh, this is like its seventh or eighth iteration of being almost completely changed. I totally understand that, but uh, I've, I've delved into uh, custom classes a little bit with. Uh, I've played with the idea of a rune caster, which is just a magic user, but. It's all those spells are delayed by like five minutes, so it's just a worse wizard. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if I have one uh, quip about D and D five e, it's that you don't have like class selection; you have sub, like the archetype selection, which I, I think makes it feel like, oh, you're always a rogue, but you can be like 
six different kinds of rogues and i feel like that's a lot less fun whereas like in 3.5 and pathfinder they have like more classes which i understand it's more conducive to have like new people that are playing they can just pick up the player handbook and these are the classes that are available mm-hmm. but it's just it feels like it you're forcing play styles into classes that don't necessarily have spots for them like a necromancer can have its own class and not be a school in the wizard yeah because uh as it's printed right now uh the necromancer is just a subclass of wizard and it's kind of it's not bad. great which that's also i, I think that bad. was kind of wizard's way of dealing with that problem was like you know it's if a if someone who's never played the game before picks up a book and cracks it open and they're like which of these 28 classes do i pick mm. instead of like the, what is it normally eight there's 12 12 yeah and as like a business model i get it because that sells books yeah but as a long-term player base like we're getting into what the year five or six of something five like e yeah it's 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 time that like people have been playing the can't like been playing the the edition for so long now that they can handle having like psionics from uh pathfinder and 3.5 and like these different like little want like these came out with a book called uh was it like the guide master to ebron where they introduced the warforge and all that that was a while ago bud so that the, the last book they released is like what a year ago like the last like actual handbook yeah it, well it wasn't even like a real book it was more like a a package or something yeah, almost like a like a supplement mordenkainen's tome of foes was the last big book to come out that actually had like things for op like player options and that was probably half a year six well, months ago didn't they just come out with the acquisitions incorporated book that had a playable race yeah i guess there's, there's one playable that, race in it but that kind of feels like kind of like a it doesn't feel like an ad, like an addition to it. It just feels like, hey, small you, supplement. Yeah, you can play your campaign like this. It feels like I downloaded a mod and now exactly I'm <laughs> like it's, it's like the I'm Macho Man now. Randy Savage Skyrim, where uh, <laughs> Randy Savage is Alduin and he just flies over and goes, oh yeah, and that's your adventure now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with it. I, I like my mud crabs that swear and have top hats. <laughs> I mean. Uh, well, like uh, a sir. <laughs> you, ever, you ever just get into a point in D&D where it's kind of like that? Where it's like... Just throw in goofy crap for no reason? Yeah. Sometimes I do. Yeah. yeah. It's sometimes good to break it up. Like, uh, in in the campaign I run, there's this, uh, there's this adventuring party that the players get to interact with every now and then. And it's just it's just a collection of NPCs that I can throw at them at every, every turn to be like, Hey, how are you guys doing? Not dead yet? Cool. Uh, but they have a they have a goblin bard in their party, Ooh. and uh, he's he like <laughs> he's got that like a uh, that porky pig on a sugar rush kind of oh, thing. Oh no! Like his thoughts are super just scattered, <laughs> and he'll give you like sentence fragments and have you put them together. Um, but he sings, and it's all just perfect, just like, jaunty time. Yeah, like yeah, his his time is perfect. The lyrics are immaculate, <laughs> and then he stops playing. And he's and he's like. The sweet will. <laughs> oh, no. um, you actually influenced me on that because in my home brew that I'm trying to build, I actually have a group of heroes. Sorry, I'm doing air quotes. You can't really see him. <laughs> He's air quoting. But uh, a group of heroes that's going to be like opposite of the play group mm-hmm. that like you're going to run into every so often because you're the 
bad guys and they're the good guys. So, so the just have chads. Like a, a character yeah. foil. <laughs> and a you're bunch the, of chads. And you're the beta virgins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we're talking about character creation. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about specifically how to make memorable characters. Uh, the kind of characters that when someone asks you at Comic-Con what you do and you tell them D&D, this is the character that you pull out and kind of uh, scream at them about for like five minutes till they walk away. What's bad is that every character's like that for yeah, me. Until, <laughs> until, they, until they get annoyed and they're like, okay. Like Devin always says, I change characters like underwear, but every underwear has a stain on it. <laughs> every underwear is special and unique. They all have my name written on the tag. <laughs> exactly. Spelled differently, but they all have my name. <laughs> They're we all do. special. Well, uh, if one of us were to ask you, Thor, um, what your favorite character is, what's the first one that comes to your mind? Oh, Valen, my Furbolg Druid Barbarian. I love that character so much. Like that was the one of the few characters that I physically got upset that died. I mainly was there because, for that. Mainly because it was some bull honky. How I died. It it was kind of, but but I had to like to preface it this for the whole uh, show. I roleplay my character more than I game my character. So like, if a character does stuff that is like will put them in harm's way or dangerous, but it makes sense for their character, I will do it. So like, how he died was that one of our new players that didn't last very long. Um, was doing something dumb and we were fighting against frost giants and he was downed and the frost giants were throwing boulders at him and my character being a druid and being like life has a cycle and it's not his time yet I think because if it was then he would have already died Mm -hmm. I try to do the right thing and run out and save him but he ends up dying granted it was my fault I could have just let him die, but in that moment, I think my character would have tried to save him. Same thing with going back, Devin's character in the campaign at, at the time, Zaka. My favorite character. If you were to ask me a question, <laughs> I asked you, 100% my favorite character. He loved this character, but he got a undead whelp dragon that he was going to try and sustain and make him his pet and my character just like molly whopped this thing off of his (laughs) shoulder and he shot me and almost killed me yeah i almost killed him immediately yeah like he he what what was it like uh fifth level uh magic missile Uh me with uh with extra tacked on damage yeah lore master so i was like in like in my dying breath, I was like, worth it. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't die, but mm-hmm. it was... Like, they wouldn't let me kill you. <laughs> yeah, Zaka was a... Another air quote, problem. Zaka was a psychopath. <laughs> oh. More of a sociopath. No, Zaka was a psychopath. <laughs> just, uh... Fair, fair. But the most memorable character I have because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually what I want to talk about a little bit later is, uh... We're gonna once we get into this, we're gonna talk a little bit about alignments and like what they mean. It's yes. such an abstract topic when we'll you think get, of it. We'll get into it. Oh no. It, we each have our own experiences to pull from that. It's, so. it's gonna be a slog fest of an episode, I can it, tell. Uh, alignment is always a contentious subject. Oh yes. Yeah. Just to forewarn anybody who hasn't played <laughs> very much, it's always a contentious subject. It really is. Just things that 
things that other people see as the correct move for an alignment can be complete opposite for other people who see the alignment in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to get that into that a little bit later. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about um, just like where do you start when you make a character? When you print off that, that crispy character sheet and you sit down and you're thinking, All right, I need a character for this campaign. What, like, Devin, what do you usually reach for first? The first thing that I, well, it, it kind of varies. Whenever I'm making a character, the first thing that I want to choose is what class or what race. I usually choose class first. Like, what class do I want to play? And then what race fits that class the so best? That's usually the point of contention for me, too, is like, I don't know, should I pick my class first or my race? Because they both kind of play off each other equally. So, yeah. I like where you guys are going, but backstory. That's where you start. <laughs> you start by writing a paragraph. Yeah. It's just a backstory really like starts to flesh out what a character does. Like I'll sit and I'll think like Valen could have been anything. I just knew I wanted to make something that had to do with nature. Like he could have been a ranger, but I wanted to make something about nature. And then I talked to a big thing for creation is talking to your DM and seeing like where you can go, like seeing what you can do, like what works and what doesn't mm -hmm. like, for a Forgotten Realms character is completely different from a homebrew character. Because, like, or I shouldn't say homebrew character, I should say, like, a homebrew campaign. Because you have the Great Forest, you have, um, you have Luskin and all these different places where you can go. Whereas in, let's say, Devin's campaign, where he likes to make his homebrew world, you don't have these places. You have, um, you have the Citadel, you have um, Aerith, you have the Arcanum. The Arcanum. You have these different places that hold different bearing than the um, than Baldur's Gate and the Forgotten Realms universe. So, like the first place you start off with is kind of like a, for me anyway, is like okay, how can this how can this character concept fit in like where can this backstory fit into their world so you like to pick the like uh the backstory genre so like 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 you said like i want to play a nature oriented character here are my class options for that so instead of being backstory then i think a concept is where i start then mm -hmm. so like this most recent character dralvin he is a exile from an orc uh clan i I'm not gonna lie. I pulled him from World of Warcraft. I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft recently, and there's this story going on with this old orc, and I wanted to make an orc character. And I was talking, and I—that's the first thing I talked to Devin about when I was trying to make this character, was where are the orcs from, and can and is there like a way for me to make an orc? Because um, I remember him talking about it about when. Uh, the party went there before how it was kind of like a contentious area kind of like the Scottish Highlands mm -hmm. and how they don't like outsiders so I'm like how can I how can I make a character that is okay with outsiders like be an orc and be okay with outsiders and he said that probably the best way is to be like an, like we came up with like the exile I, I idea mm -hmm. kind of like self uh, yeah. you're forced to deal with other people other than your own exactly which that's I think we touched on that a little bit last episode about working with your DM in terms of your own 
limits yeah. you know where you can go that'll be a small topic in almost every episode yeah. but that is that's definitely like a, a weak point for my self character building is I like to uh, build these fantastic characters and then uh, when I get to the campaign it's like let's say I make a I make a dragonborn fighter and we get to the campaign and we sit down and the DM is going over his uh, his his preface of the world and the first sentence of the of the preface is in a world where dragons don't exist. Oh no! Oh well, it's like well, I have I'm just a, a human with a bad skin complexion. <laughs> well, it's a. Uh, I think you've mentioned it before, and I feel the same. But uh, sometimes you just have a really cool concept for a character, and you want to like reveal it as a surprise to your fellow players and get mm-hmm. that reaction. That's how I am. Like I'm, I've made this character, and I'm going to keep it close to my chest because I want to. I want to surprise everybody, and everybody can be like, "Oh, that's a really cool character. Nobody yeah. expected it." Yeah, but which, I get that. Which in that situation, if you find yourself in that situation of I have made a character that thematically does not fit in this world, um. And you're taking a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. But but like more so. Don't scrap it. Yeah. Just uh, keep it in your it back. Can, it can come in later. Talk talk to your DM and like you know see maybe maybe like with the whole Dragonborn situation maybe you're the last of your kind maybe you're a mutation an experiment gone wrong yeah you know? maybe you're not like an actual Dragonborn yeah yeah or you can or like it can be like a story point where it's the return of the dragons like uh like we were talking about our so our common friend Chase that we all kind of met through we were making this campaign and he brought this character that no one knew about and he hit the thematic of the like the theme of the uh D set like the campaign right on the head he made a sorcerer paladin that had dragon blood that had everything to do with uh good dragon god not tiamat bahamut bahamut um, that had everything to do with Bahamut, and our DM was just like, "Well, that's like, thank thank goodness you made that because you're going to be fighting a Drago Lich at the end of it." Yeah, it was just, it was just the perfect character for the scenario, <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, how and, many times does that happen? And then he proceeded to slap cheeks for the rest of the campaign. Yeah, that was a broken character. Yeah, had, had advantage on everything, well, and it was the first time we had ever seen a Sorcerer, and me being a pa- uh, me being a paladin, me being the new dm i don't want anyone to have like a restriction so anything can go and i think you all kind of understand that like my campaigns for fun i don't I mean to keep bringing this back to me being a dm but it's having restrictions on making a character doesn't really it's not it's not like a it, it saps the, the, the fun juice out of it sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't really add anything. And But that also it, happens for power gaming. That's because it's, it's literally taking it away. Good job, me. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of put those points together. <laughs> I, I kind of hit that point, too. Like um, For me, it's more of a pride thing. Like If, if I'm yeah. restricting something, it means that I can't, as a DM, deal with it. So I don't feel like that's necessary. And you just uh, restricted like some spells that I, I figured had some like pretty big weight to them. Yeah, they have, they have, they have relevance. That's something else is like, um, something so, so to kind of reiterate them. Um, all three of us talking today are DMs, and all three of us are players. Yeah. So our our topics will bleed, yeah. changing back and forth between DM and uh, player. So so if you're if you're sitting at home and you're primarily a uh, a dungeon master, a game master, and you're you're kind of listening listening to us talk about this character creation process and like, oh, what is it? You know, I wish they would just talk about the world and stuff. Um, 
you can apply everything that we talk about here to making NPCs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, making a memorable NPC is something that your characters, when they leave your game and go talk to other people who are playing D&D, they will tell them about your cool NPC. Calisthenics guy. Torsten. Oh, Torsten. Torsten. He, he, was, uh, supposed to be, he was supposed to be like a no-name character. I know it. And it was just a good mesh with my character at the time and Torsten, where it just became like he was like part of the game. Uh, Torsten was a knight in my game who joined up with the party to help rid a keep out <laughs> of, uh, of kobolds. And um, he was severely wounded and they, they helped him out and they brought him along. And uh, he ended up swearing uh, fealty to them as one of like a knight of their group. And now he's a permanent fixture. And now he's the castellan of the keep that they own. Yep. <laughs> and I don't think that would have happened if it wasn't like, and I don't want to put it all on. Well, you and him clicked like yeah, easy. Like my character, Yorn just bread and butter, uh, uh, Goliath and him. Like those two just like were two hot dogs in one bun not not enough room but man it was tasty well um i had it i <laughs> had a good it one. i like that i had initially based torsten off of um Siegmeier from dark souls but okay. um i hadn't seen the show yet um but you guys pointed out that he was almost a carbon copy of um armstrong from <laughs> full metal alchemist yes <laughs> Um, Which that's what I kind of based Yorn off of yeah. a little bit. So it was kind of like the characters were like right there. Like I, I didn't even know, but it, it ended up working out really well. Yeah, so um, kind of going uh, back into uh, the character creation process. So we talked a little bit in the beginning about um, inspirations like Ooh, yeah. where you kind of draw your creative juices from when you're writing down your, your backstory and your character design. You, you talked about making a character like Armstrong from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. I have, like, unknowingly, I did not know that you made characters based around Armstrong. I did. In my own time. <laughs> he didn't mean to. I didn't mean to, but it, well, it, it, complete, to. it completely was. And Thor has. Oh, yeah. And I have... Not He's just a great this. character. Like I, I made a, uh, I made a character a few months ago that is just in a character folder. I just felt like rolling up a character. Yeah, just making a character is um, fun. Yeah, she's a combination of um, Armstrong and I think her name was Lazova Cold Eyes from Oh from uh, Magic, Magic from the Ice Age oh, set. Oh, yeah. okay. This sort of like no nonsense barbarian girl who's just like. Um, we'll drink you under the table. We'll like, yeah. like slap your ass from across the bar and like command you to go with her on a mission. The barbarian way. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a very like rough and tumble kind of, not what you expect on the surface from like this blonde, like long Beauty. blonde hair kind of like attractive yeah. lady. Like, those who hit on you, beware! You'll get your <laughs> ass beat. <laughs> well, and. I don't try to make characters very often because I get obsessive with characters where like uh, Devin Soul was my first character I made for the campaign, which was kind of a bust. It was a really big bust. But like I had like a two to three page, like almost essay on this character of backstory. It was a tragic daddy issues story. Wow. But like <laughs> almost every character concept can be traced back to a, to a in real life character 
like or a pop culture character yeah pop culture character like you have like the woody ranger could be like, or a stoic ranger could be Aragorn like, from Lord of the Rings Aragorn. or Legolas yeah or you have a dwarf that hates everybody Gimli or even in like the Marvel universe you have like a snappy comeback guy that's Tony Stark or like the smart wizard that's Bruce Banner it's a character concept that you could that you take inspiration from the outside like from in real life doesn't make the character less yours well it's a it's a pretty commonly looked at thing that uh like sorry to break it to you but you're not original yeah, I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's really but hard nobody's to be original. original. Nobody's original. Everybody steals from other like, things. You should never, like, because we all play off of the same tropes, right? Yeah. You yeah. have, like, the uh, the fighter who's really quick to anger, or yeah. the druid who can't stand seeing a tree cut down, or the lust-compelled bard. But, I mean, these, are, but these all go back to, like, ancient Greece archetypes, like the the son who kills the father because he has to because the father's gone evil or like you have Plato you have all these different stories that have yeah. begot the Greeks stories. knew how to tell, to- so how to tell you, stories you should never feel bad yeah. about working with character concepts that are already fleshed out no there's there's nothing wrong with uh, pulling in- inspiration and like yeah. and yeah, doing all that but you you put your own spin on it yeah like if you, you show up you to mesh a bunch of things together to make something new exactly if you show up to a night and you just like you you sit down and everyone's introducing your characters, and your character is literally just Legolas with a different name, like blonde elf with a ponytail, fires a bow, real good. You know, it's yeah. like okay, you made Legolas, cool. Yeah. Uh, how do you uh, develop this into their own character? You yeah, know? and and people's like people's uh, building a character is all different. Like like you two saying that like, it's either class or race first. And then me, it's the, the concept. It's everyone's going to be different. Like my girlfriend, she makes a character. It's like pulling teeth for her to make a backstory. But that's what she likes. She likes to make a character. And then like the game's kind of her backstory. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly viable. Like you don't have to have like nine pages of backstory. You can you can just have this character just fresh off the boat especially when you're like first level uh when you're a first level fighter you are not a grizzled old (laughs) army veteran man it's man that'd be really cool if like you went through like nine different wars and you're still level one yeah why are you still level one but i got bonked on the head by a lich and he reset my level i mean sure like you can add (laughs) you, you can add stuff like that but then why does that backstory like but what is a level really, you know? Yeah. Well, experience. And, yeah, exactly. It's like you just lose all that experience, you know? Yeah. What are you? And that's why it's a hard idea to – it's not a hard idea. It's a hard thing to cut with, like, a, just a pair of scissors or clean cut, like, your inspirations and make it original because, like, like I said – nothing is original anymore like we've had thousands of years of stories stories that begot stories that begot stories like beowulf you have to kill the thing in the in the um cave or like the nordic stories or the greek epics or the roman stories like it's there's overlapping so there's like these these things that, like you're less like you're not committed to this character because you're not being original. Mm-hmm. 
it's like what sounds fun to you like playing a um oh what's the uncle from uh, the last air airbender uncle iroh uncle I- iroh like having a mix of uncle iroh and a grizzled war vet yeah which is uncle I- iroh like someone who doesn't want to deal with that anymore hey don't don't be afraid to develop non kind of like non-traditional characters yeah right because like you talked about uncle iroh is uh I don't know how many D&D archetypes revolve around, like, kind of an older gentleman who just doesn't want to fight anymore. Yeah. But But could level a city if he needed to. But, like, very recently I've seen uh, your character kind of loosely fits that. It's Mm – it works very well if you apply it with with a lot of, like, foresight in what you want the character to be. And. It's not like you, you don't have to cookie cutter it directly from the character. You can add personality traits from a character. Mm-hmm. It's inspiration. It's not you're taking that character and using it. Like Uncle Iroh, um, like a mesh of like Uncle Iroh and like just every old grizzled vet who just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Which that, that's a character. It's actually really uh, funny that we're on this topic because the next the next thing I really want to talk about is the backgrounds in D and D. So when you when you're putting together your character, generally you roll for your stats, you decide your name, you get your weapons and equipment picked out, and you roll for your gold. And then there's just that those four little boxes off to the side that I, I feel like everyone does that last almost uh, unless you're Thor. <laughs> <laughs> well, like not not to knock it, but um, I do even though I don't usually do the background first, I think the background is the most important part of any character. Oh yeah. I I think it really makes the the character cr- and that's why like it almost it, unlocks another level of having fun. Yeah. And like I I know Devin uh, is the same way, but I don't know about you Wyatt, but starting at level 3 instead of level 1, mm-hmm. that way you have some kind of like Oh yeah, I was grown up by wolves. That's why I'm level three or something like that. That way, like, oh, I'm level one. I'm just a freshly new character that has no experience. And oh yeah, like it's it, it's a it's a game, but like you have to think of it as like you're you're level one. You're like fresh off the boat, or you just got to adulthood. What experiences do you have? Like, what backstory do you have? Yeah, it's. It, I feel like when they were designing the player's handbook for fifth edition. They looked at um, the leveling system and were like, um, up until level three, three to five, you don't really know who you are. Exactly. And but you have to do, but you have to do all this like circumstantial and like self like speculation stuff as to like, okay, what is my character like? Is it an outlander that was raised by wolves that? knows the terrain of everything at level one like mm-hmm. y- like you would have more stuff than that like you'd have more experiences if you were raised by wolves than just being like i'm a ranger at level one i can shoot a bow okay yeah it, it almost feels like when you make your character the background should probably come after the first couple of sessions yeah you you play a little bit kind of decide what you want your character to be you know you don't really know how you're going to play your character until you put voice to paper Mm -hmm. and if you are starting at level one um those first few adventures that you go on that is your backstory yeah Mm -hmm. that's yeah like if and 
I, I know, again, it was to sell books, which I understand, but, like, like it's easy to pick up. But, like, starting at level one, that, like, what Devin just said, it is your backstory. That is what you are doing. Yeah, the the player's handbook just kind of offers a, like, a guide almost. Like, um, I love that they include a whole bunch of, like, rolling tables in there. Yeah. Because, like, if you maybe uh, you don't know what character you want to play. Maybe mm-hmm. you just want to like let your dice decide for you. That's an option. Yeah. But then again, you can just look through the backgrounds and like see something on the list like a I believe one of, there's one in a criminal where it's kind of like the Robin Hood archetype. Oh yeah. In the criminal background. And like you see that and it just clicks with you. You want to play a Robin Hood type. You don't have to roll for that. You can just write that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the backgrounds are one of the most flexible parts of the book, I feel. Absolutely. And an, a background is not just subject to your... to the things on that paper. Mm-hmm. Like, you can have your own personal backstory that fits into those boxes, or you can make a backstory that then you can put, like, in those boxes what it means to you so like uh valon for instance he was a druid from the uh moon circle and they were protectors of the great wood mm-hmm. and he was sent to what's the lady from uh lady illustrial yeah L- lady illustrial try spelling that that's a good uh <laughs> that's a good uh it's like four l's in there yeah it's a good words for friends word <laughs> scrabble word um but like you go to lady like he went to lady illustrial to like hey the big tree's poisoned by this tooth thingy we need to get this going that's how my character was introduced to the party Mm -hmm. but i had a whole backstory of how like he was like a he was a um what's the word i'm looking for he was a protector of the forest like if something invaded the forest he would go after that as a bear to deal with it it's that archetype of the secretive tree people kind of thing like the wood elves or the dryads or what have you like it's the backstory of that and he was a protector of their homeland and it failed Mm mm-hmm and so he came and he was like a what's the word? Oh, Jesus, I'm forgetting words. Um he was an envoy to Lady Illustrial to help that in the Forgotten Realms universe. So it like the backstory there is how I got introduced to the party. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can't remember Zaka's backstory. Um <clears throat> I know he was a Yanti. Well, uh yeah. Zaka was a Yanti, which are pretty uncommon, and uh he was a wizard, so um, what I wrote for his backstory is that he was um, he was discovered by another wizard as an egg and then raised in the college to be a wizard and um, he found out that he came from a lineage of wizards and um, he went to go find out like who like what his family was to find out like what secrets they could uh, show him mm-hmm. which that's a, another big um, I, I feel like it's a little. It's really common when making backstories, but I often see it spun a million separate unique ways. It's the uh, the lost knowledge kind of uh, yeah, uh, what's it called trope. Yep. Where 
you are, for all intents and purposes, a complete character with like a puzzle piece missing, mm-hmm. and you fixate on that, and that is your your goal with your character almost is to get that puzzle piece back. Yeah, tropes are tropes for a reason. Yeah, because yeah. they work, and it's um like when you're when you're picking out your your backgrounds, it's equally as important to pick one that fits your build um, as well as fitting one that you don't mind role-playing as. So if you pick... Um, let's let's pick a real common one. Like, like you, you pick, like, Rogue Criminal. But that's, a, that's a pretty common one-two pair. Yeah. Um, you can't be... You can't feel bad when you steal from the merchant and he goes out of business. You know? Yeah, like, that's not... Like... The role playing is in the is in like the genre name. Like yeah. it's a role playing game. Like yeah, there's game in there, but it's also role playing. So if you're just you, I mean, there's some characters that you can just play yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you can just do things that you think you would do, but at a certain time it'd be boring because you're playing the game to escape, kind of. Like you're you're playing it to not be yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so adamantly against playing a human. Same. That's why I like playing monstrous <laughs> I'm playing, races. I'm playing a game where I'm escaping the real world. Why would I want to be a human, See, even though humans are good? I love playing humans. Yeah, humans are, are the best. Humans are really good, but like, why would I want to do that when I can play a, a lizard folk? I like, just want to play a me that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Like, is, is there a race that is strictly better than a human? Like, just base? Half-elf. Yeah, half-elves are really good. I don't know. Variant human, I think. The fact that variant human gets the feat is what really puts it up there, but... Half elf gets so much. I, I guess that's fair because they also get a lot of stuff from. They the get charisma. They get plus one to any two stats. They get like anti charm effects. But then you can put Warforged up there because they can be different things as well. Like like they're kind of on that half elf line too because you can. It's like I, I guess you can't do too different, but like they have like a a mechanism type. They have sub races. Yeah, for each one. Mm-hmm. Which like, that, that'll let you really kind of uh, build and mold your character as you go, then. I do mm-hmm. really like the races that have, like, sub-races in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I find myself really liking to play um, play the elf races, just because there's so many sub-elves. Uh, damn knife ear. I don't like elves very much. I, no. I really They're enjoyed, pretentious. I played a drow one time. And it was the most fun I've ever had playing a spellcaster so far. Drows are really fun. Like, granted, I played mine edgy, but edge lord. Yeah, <laughs> but I really think like a drow centered campaign would be really fun. Like going to the un- underdark and mm-hmm. because drows are like a vast populace that everyone deems as like they're this one thing. Like Drugar. Or, like, what's the deep gnome people called? The deep gnome. Okay, I thought they had, like, a crazy name. Swift Neblin. There we go. I'm glad (laughs) glad we have him here. I'm the terms guy. (laughs) I spend a lot of my spare time just looking at these random things. But, yeah, it's it's a very, like, you don't have to... I think that's another topic we can talk about is your race doesn't dictate your attitude yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't have to you have to do the trope yeah you don't have to be a high elf who thinks his his shit doesn't stink no there's mm. just they usually are and that's why elves leave a bad taste you in can, my mouth you yeah. can be a, an uncharacteristically like humble uh kind of elf well yeah. like who's that um again term term devon um who who's <laughs> the 
you're going to ask me one of these times and I'm not going to know and I'm going to feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> who's the drow character that's really good? Like, who's, that's the good. Jarl Axel? He, no. Dritz? Dritz. Like, he's, like, uncharacter- nice. uncharacteristically good for being a drow. Because drows are all, like, mean and, like, man, like, all that stuff. But Drix is, like, a really, like, he's the. He's altruistic. Yeah, he's, he's the quintessential good character. Mm-hmm. He's also an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he's one of the most popular characters in the Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. That's fair. He, he got that way for a reason. And it's, but he's a drow. He's supposed to be one of the worst, like, not worst races playable wise, but, like, worst races, as in, like, they do awful things and they just, like. Mm-hmm. Well, every race has, like, a little snippet where it says um, recommended alignments. Drow are recommended to be chaotic evil. Yeah, which wow. makes no sense. Well, they're, they're recommended to be chaotic and it says later that they lean towards evil. Yeah, be, oh. well, and it all and it's all based on their god, which I think is a big no-no. Well, Dritz himself is almost, like, rejecting the drow god. So yeah. That, that's, you don't have to you don't have to play dictated on how the race says yeah but then they but then they say like oh you should play him like this mm-hmm. yeah that's uh that's one thing that i don't agree with like it's good for newer players to get the recommendation on how to play something but once you get a little more advanced you can just take that with a grain of salt like yeah. um yonti is one of my favorite races um they're snake people and they're naturally emotionless um the yonti that i played was emotionless he was supposed to be i wanted to play him like that but um, they they have a racial flaw. Like there's a there's a table where you can roll up a flaw for a Yonti in mm-hmm. one of the supplemental books, and uh, one of their flaws is that um, I'm embarrassed that I actually show emotion. Yeah, see that's good. That's, like, yeah, that's, it, that's it, good it's actually design. it's actually snuck in there. Like the Yonti are supposed to be not emotional, and it's like, well, so why am I feeling fear? Why am I feeling an attachment towards this person? I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And aren't Yonti weird? Like the more monstrous they get, the higher they are in the. Uh, hierarchy. Yes, um, the more the more terrifying and awful they are, the better that they are in their hierarchy. They've, they've got that like, like demon a, complex almost. Yeah, the uh, the the greatest Yonti is this horrible abomination of like five headed snake that <laughs> is almost demigod in power. Which makes no sense because the care like the race is called pure blood Yonti. I'm like, oh, yeah, so pure you're blood, like pure bloods are bad. Yeah, so like you're like the highest tier like when I was talking to Devin They're about the peasants. it. peasants. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? They're pure blood. Like, yeah, that's bad. I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah, you want to have like all kinds of weird shit in your body. Yeah, because pure, pure <laughs> bloods are the most human of all of the Yonti and they're considered the lowest except for the actual slaves. Oh, that's interesting. That's mm-hmm. wild. That's like, that's like a weird flipping on its head because mm-hmm. a lot of times you see like a with the Specifically, I, I always think of like the orc half orc thing. Well, yeah, half, half orcs are usually looked down upon. Yeah, orcs by both, by like, by humans and orcs. Well, orcs are like all all big on like pure of blood, pure of like heart kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. if you if you're half orc, you were considered not as strong willed as yeah, you're, like you're not you're not pure orc. orc. You yeah, could never you could never be equal to us bullies. Yeah, yeah. which I mean, but that's like most monstrous races yeah. mm-hmm. are like, oh, we only breed on our terms. Like, that's why you don't see any halves anymore. Like, you don't see half tiefling or half furbolg or half goliath or anything like that, which makes... Well, uh, knowledge dump on you here, Thor. <laughs> Tieflings actually breed true. Anything that breeds with a tiefling becomes a tiefling. But, like, wouldn't there be, like... But in that case, like, if a tiefling and a goliath bred, do you think the tiefling would be really tall? No. 
the tiefling would take after the most ge- uh, genetic traits of its tiefling parent. I don't know. I think that's just Devin, that's ever, just lazy. Co- that's just ra- lazy writing. I'm not saying it's not, but that's <laughs> what it is. Devin, you ever thought about going into like D and D biology? Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> just starting <laughs> trust a class. Me, trust me, if I could make a living just on doing D and D things, I absolutely would. They'll live in the dream. I would live <laughs> that dream. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyways, sorry. I'm not talking the, about the, it. The, going to back to the so uh, with the half orc full orc thing. So uh, I'm gonna reference my my beginner party again. No, I'm, I'm gonna talk about them a lot because make, make all the references. It makes people like. I, I think it's a great case study because yeah. a yeah. lot of times when people sit down with a D and D table, it's always like the dungeon master has been doing it for a long time, and that's why you have them as a dungeon master. And then there's like a couple people in the group who have done it once or twice, and there's like one newbie. There's never like a room full of people who have never touched a polyhedral dice before yeah. and one DM that knows what they're doing. But that's, but that could be fun. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that, what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause you have all the, all the glitter in their eyes. Like I, I know Devin and you, Wyatt and our party has no glitter in our eyes. Like I, I, <laughs> we're I, all just dead inside. <laughs> well, not, not dead inside. But I like, know everything. But kind of like, <laughs> like, yeah, like knowledge is power, but it's also a curse. Yeah. Cause you're like, man, I, I scratch the barrel for new character concepts often. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like uh, this next one that if something dies, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a Kinsai monk and a uh, arcane archer. Arcane archer is such a cool arcane subclass. archers are cool. Yeah. Well, uh, like tangent, I <clears throat> my first ever ranged character was an arcane archer, but it was when arcane archer was in uh, fourth editions unearth arcana. <gasps> what edition? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that. But it, it was goes three five fifth. <laughs> it was when they were like experimenting <laughs> with like archers can cast spells too, you know. And I rolled up an arcane archer and was like. This is busted. I love it. This arrow gonna paralyze you, bud. Oh no! <laughs> what do you mean that arrow does regular arrow damage and two d six poison? Oh, oh my! It's so good. Um, but anyway, uh, with this new party, in in the party there are two half orcs, and not knowing anything about the Forgotten Realms monster manual, um, they have a quest to deliver a whole bunch of supplies to a remote mountain town. They do that, and in the mountains is where I have all my orcs living. That's Ooh. where the the orcs um, kind of clash with the dwarves in terms of territory and like resources. Um, classic, and yeah, classic, yeah. In in the lore, like tangentially, um, the orcs ran out of supplies, so they had to swallow their pride and start asking other races for help, which is super uncharacteristic for orcs to do. This is where the half-orcs in this world come from. And that sting of asking what the orcs perceive as lesser races for help still exists. And so they get to this town, they deliver the quest, and I mention awfully that there is a mine nearby and the orcs are working in the mines. And naturally, my party assumes, like, Oh, these, they don't know anything about the lore of this world right now. They assume that the orcs were enslaved by the humans to mine oh boy. resources. So they're like questioning the, uh, cause I, you know I what also, assuming does. I made the, uh, I made the mayor of this town, a very Colonel Sanders type. Ooh. Oh no. And, um, 
they were just like, oh man, we have to free these people. And no, these people are here on their own volition. And they no, go stop, over. Stop, they're workers. They go over to these two orcs that are like off, they're off work. They're just chilling out. They got their You're pickaxes free, on go. the ground. The two half orcs walk over and they're like questioning these people. And these half orcs are like, oh, filthy shit bloods in this town. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, easy, it got, bub. It got way hostile. I'm here to save you. Fuck off. Oh, way <laughs> quick. I'm on lunch. <laughs> it revealed to them at that moment that, um, <laughs> this is their choice. <laughs> this, the what they see isn't what they're going to get. Yeah. Um, and at that point, the the two half orcs in the party were like, okay, um. We should go. This is a little bit awkward. I'm sorry. Sorry, bud. <laughs> sorry about burning down your house. <laughs> they just, I'm just gonna leave. They they just they continued their quest, and I I still ask um the two half orcs in the party in person and be like, you're not you're not gonna go harass any more miners, are you? And they're like, <laughs> like no. We're just gonna do the quest. <laughs> Rise up, my brothers. Rise up where? What? I'm, like, I'm what working. We live here. Yeah. <laughs> this is my home. I'm digging my home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, with that, uh, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. And, uh, well, it won't be like five minutes for you guys. It'll be instantaneous. Ooh. So. Uh, Breaking for station identification. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so we'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Wyatt from the future here. I didn't realize it when we took our break, but when we came back to record the second half, we made way more episode than I initially anticipated. So consider this episode part one of creating memorable characters. We'll see you next week with part two, unless you're a listener from the future, in which case part two is already out. Go listen to that if you haven't already. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our show, you can support us by leaving a rating on Area of Expertise. If you are listening on YouTube, a like or subscription is a great way to let us know you want more. This has been AoE, and we'll see you in the next one.